I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Living Better in San Diego, a public service presentation of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. I'm Gary Lee. The San Diego Green Building Council is an environmental nonprofit dedicated to providing education, outreach, and advocacy for green building in the San Diego area. Joining us this morning is San Diego Green Building Council Executive Director Josh Dean and Board President Ravi Bajaj. Welcome, Josh. Welcome, Ravi. Good morning. Good morning, Gary. Nice to have the both of you on the show. Josh, tell us a little bit about your organization. First of all, when when was it founded? So the San Diego Green Building Council is a local environmental nonprofit that was founded in 2002 by a group of passionate um, green building leaders that were looking to kind of come together and build uh, sort of a movement here in San Diego around green building and sustainability. Any other motivation to it? It's probably the early days of sustainability yeah. in the built environment. So we're covering kind of building designers, contractors, building operators, and all aspects of sustainability. And in 2002, you could really see a little bit more of a movement recognition for sustainability. You know, after the 2000 election, Al Gore's Inconvenient Truth. There was more of an imperative that was starting that um, I think is now finally coming into fruition. Yeah, and I would add that in what 1999, um, Energy Star Certification, one of the first buildings ever in the U.S., was actually here in San Diego. So that kind of led sort of a movement here locally, too, from some of the leaders. So how about a little bit of a, an overview of what you do there? So I'm the executive director. So I see basically our day-to-day operations, sort of the long-term movement of the organization. We have four staff members, um, including myself. And I kind of oversee our financials, but then a lot of the programs and education that we offer as far as, you know, working with local governments, our community members, our uh, local sponsors, and just trying to kind of educate them around sustainability and kind of the green building efforts here. And how long have you been with the organization? I started in January 2015, but I was actually a volunteer um, back in 2013. Thanks to Ravi, actually, went to um, an education session that he was putting on and kind of inspired me to become a member of the organization and started volunteering on some projects that we have and that we kind of still put on today. Have uh, environmental issues always been a part of who you are? Yeah, I would say so. I think it's sort of ingrained in me from early on as a kid. Um, I'm actually from the south, from Savannah, Georgia, um, visiting grandparents out in the country, growing up on a farm that um, are visiting them on a farm, I should say, that, you know, it was always shut the door inside or outside, turn the lights off, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So that was sort of ingrained in me from early on and kind of having that, um, the agriculture right there in their backyard and kind of farming, that was also a lot of part of my growing up. And and you, Robbie, how long have you been with uh, the organization? Uh, I'm actually a board president now, uh, but I was a staff member of San Diego Green Building Council from about 2011 to 2016. So I worked with Josh and on our green assistance programs and kind of developing some of our education. For the past two years, I've been working with a local sustainability company called Healthy Buildings. But my passion for sustainability actually came from a job I had in college. I dug trenches for gray water and rainwater systems huh. uh, with Brooks Arson and H2O Me here in San Diego. And for me, it was a later realization. I, I loved nature. I loved kind of the 
the aspects of the earth that we come to marvel at and love and all those new shows and when we spend time outside. But if you install a rainwater system and a gray water system, a laundry machine uses about 40 gallons of water. And if that gray water is being reused in the lawn, that's 40 gallons of potable water that's saved right then and there. So immediately, kind of my drive to save you know, our environment and the beauty that's in, with, there within kind of realized in green buildings we can reduce our impact um, with our built environment and that's kind of what got me into it so what's what's the mission then at uh, the san diego green building council our mission is to uh, inspire educate and collaborate with our community to transform our built environment toward true sustainability um, and that's really driven through a lot of the education and training and some of the larger collaboration that we do with national partners, local partners, community partners, and then really driven by our members of over 250 people and then the volunteers, the passionate people that are helping us put on a lot of this mission and education that we're providing. And, and how important is it for San Diegans to have an organization like this in our community? I think that we're pretty unique, but we are kind of alone in what we're doing as far as the kind of the built environment and the green building movement. I would say that there are definitely other organizations that are doing different pieces of it, whether it's more on the architectural side or the construction side or even some of the engineering, um, urban planning. But we, a lot of our membership and our base and sponsorship is made up of that whole entire industry, and we're providing a platform for them to sort of create this holistic approach to community planning, green building, and sustainability, um, whether it's from the built environment to the neighborhood scale and citywide. Now, uh, green building, for anybody listening this morning that really doesn't know much about it, I mean, we hear the term green a lot these days uh, and, of course, deals with environmental issues. But can you explain a little bit more about what green building is, what it entails? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's a tough question. Uh, no, but I, I think to me, you know, green building actually means that we're not really taking anything more from the environment than what we're giving back or, you know, we're being able to provide in a building that we're trying to produce as much energy on site that we're really consuming and that we're using with the lighting and the equipment or water. We can begin to start to think about how can we reuse, as Robbie was mentioning, you know, this sort of gray water from a washing machine to feed and water the, the plants outside and the landscaping. So for me, a green building is one that's actually using the least amount of energy as possible, the least amount of water, um, healthy materials, and providing a healthy indoor environment because as occupants, we are spending quite a bit of time inside. Upwards of 90% of our life is actually spent indoors. So being able to make sure that that's provided in a green building, a healthy environment, then that really can kind of help um, push, I would say, like sort of the occupants in the space. And I think that trajectory for the definition of green building, which I think was a good one that you started with, and we're taking as much as we're putting back into the environment, uh, that's where we are now. But it started as a movement just reducing our negative impacts. As we move to metropolitan areas, population is increasing. We're in an increasingly resource-scarce world. And so green building starts with this aspect of looking at how do we reduce the amount of energy we use? How do we produce it renewably? How do we you know, reduce the amount of water that we're using and all of those types of things? But as this movement continues and we learn more about how our buildings work and how our bodies react to them, there's other aspects such as health and well-being, the material contaminants that are off-gassing from a desk, and how does that impact our health as we're in a space? So the movement is this really beautiful sustainability kind of requires an integrative approach. And just kind of going back to what you were talking about as how important it is to have an organization like this in our community, each industry association, whether it's for designers with the American Institute of Architects or IFMA for facilities managers, et cetera, et cetera, 
has a committee that focuses on sustainability, but it's within that key aspect of the kind of building life cycle. And what's unique about San Diego Green Building Council, and it shows with the diversity of the members that we have and volunteers in our organization, is that we're bringing together all the different parts of how a building comes together and operates through its life cycle and looking at sustainability from that full life cycle integrative approach, from all of its impacts on the environment to the people within them. So I have a San Diego fair as far as being a green city compared to other cities around the country. Now, I've seen some reports that show us fairly high up on on the list. Well, we are in California, so (laughs) (laughs) the floor for sustainability is pretty high. Um, You know, we tend to be a little bit myopic when we're in this industry, so we are looking for the ways to be better, and we're looking at those cutting-edge cities like New York, San Francisco, Seattle, where there are really – you know, earth shaking, hopefully not earth shaking, but you know, there are, <laughs> there are monumental <laughs> increases in what's required for sustainability. And we have some of those here in San Diego. Um, we have a tendency to focus on the ways that we can improve, but when it comes to energy performance, when it comes to a legally binding climate action plan, San Diego is pretty progressive in a lot of those aspects. So let's talk about some of the ways mm-hmm. that you are doing what you're doing, providing education, outreach, and advocacy for green building in the San Diego area. Tell us about the Green Assistance Program. Yeah, so the Green Assistance Program is really this sort of uh, volunteer experiential learning opportunity for our local community to go into actual facilities and learn more about green buildings, um, recommend upgrades for energy efficiency, water efficiency, and have the opportunity to work with facility managers, building operators, building owners, and kind of get this hands-on learning of what it takes to be a green building. And it originally started um, back when Ravi was still with the organization around kind of helping people get a little bit more experience around what's called the LEED rating system, um, which is Leadership in Energy and Environmental Design. And so there was a gap there. And that gap was that people needed project experience to sort of be able to take an exam for a credential. And so this program really offered that opportunity to be able to fill that that role and really created an opportunity for us to engage with local nonprofit organizations to help improve their organizations and improve their operations so that they're able to maybe save money and put that back into their mission um, so that they can kind of continue on with the good work that they're doing. So it's it's basically a, a volunteer-based program yeah and so we um kind of twofold we're you know we're educating the volunteers around various sustainability practices best management practices ongoing operations of facilities and um, the lead rating system itself but then um at the same time being able to help another not, not local nonprofit. Um, so the all the people that are engaged in the project are volunteers. We manage it from our own end, but um, we have anywhere from 20 to upwards of 40 or 50 volunteers on a particular project. And it's basically nonprofits that you, you're assisting? Yeah, for it's, it started out as nonprofits. We um, really kicked off in Balboa Park. And then over the years, we've sort of migrated from Balboa Park to the San Diego Food Bank we've helped. And then more recently, we've helped the Ronald McDonald House. And then in addition to that, we've been working a lot with um, local government and municipalities in helping educate some of their staff around some of these practices and looking at their facilities and doing a very similar approach. So is it all basically then just uh, educating them, these organizations, on how to go green? Well, some of it actually is the documentation for the LEED certification that Josh mentioned. So there's a formal pathway to certify a building under the LEED rating system for existing buildings, operations, and maintenance. So that's a building that's in full operations. It's been operating for at least 12 months, 
and there are, there's a series of documentation around the credit categories and leads. So you're looking at sustainable sites. What type of plants are being used? How is water being used outdoors? Mm. How much hardscape is there for runoff and kind of reflectivity? You look at water efficiency, energy efficiency within the building. What materials are being used and how is the waste being diverted? Are you recycling? Are you composting on site? Then you're looking at this catch-all category called indoor environmental quality. That includes a little bit of lighting quality, air quality, and all of that stuff. So the Green Assistance Program, when it was incepted in 2011-2012, Green Assistance Program's acronym is GAP, so we were minding the GAP in our industry to provide this opportunity to get hands-on training. I mean, there's no better way to learn than to do something. What we realized pretty quickly is that there were local experts in sustainability or their certain aspect of design or engineering that also wanted to volunteer. So all of a sudden, we had two tiers of volunteers providing support to a local nonprofit that started with some advice on ways to improve their energy efficiency but also highlight the things that were going well. So one of our first projects, the World Beat Center, is an amazingly energy-efficient building. It's a old million-gallon water tank at Balboa Park that's been converted into a concert and education venue. Right. They use very little energy in the space, very little water. They, For larger events, actually, a porta potty uh, Surprisingly, <laughs> sustainability will get you into looking at how a porta potty uses water. It only uses four gallons of water for 300 uses. Wow. So all these little unique things that were already being done so well at the partners' buildings that we were working with were highlighted, and we provided an opportunity to train our volunteers on how to document that within a formal rating system. The evolution of the Green Assistance Program is then taking that route of experiential learning or project-based learning and taking it to other newer kind of cutting-edge aspects of sustainability. So it takes a different flavor today. Um, Josh is working on a Lead for Communities program or Lead for Cities program at Balboa Park. Uh, There's trainings that are happening with local municipalities, and there's also experiential learning around the Living Building Challenge and water reuse that we're doing with our community. So it's, it's really about getting your hands dirty, rolling up your sleeves, and providing your expertise to kind of help move our community towards that true sustainability goal. What what kind of experience do, do your volunteers have or, or uh, do they have experience when they come to you, and, and do you offer any kind of training for them? Yeah, it, it definitely has varied, and over the years it's, it's shifted a lot. And as Ravi mentioned, kind of early on we had the two levels of the experienced consultants or folks out, out there already doing these projects, and then some people brand new to this industry. Um, now I would say it ranges anywhere from college on up to people who are retired and just kind of looking to give back to their community to people that actually have someone on staff that he was a teacher and then was looking to make a total career shift, went back to school, brought him on in the Green Assistance Program and kind of taught and trained throughout the process. And now he's working with us uh, almost full time on some of these projects now, helping to train some of the volunteers. So it it definitely is a a wide background. Um, Some are very focused maybe on interior design. Some might be on more of energy consulting. Some might just do landscape design. What's nice about the Green Assistance Program and kind of like our organization is that we bring this sort of melting pot together of different backgrounds, different experiences, and bring that to one room and one sort of platform to help bring up the sustainability as a whole. What's the Green Apple Day of Service? The Green Apple Day service has been around now for seven years, I believe. 
Um, it's been a volunteer-led effort, actually, in partnership with Balfour Beatty Construction. And we've been going to, um, every September, working with a local school to improve something on their site. So a lot of times it's been sort of repainting classrooms, building planter boxes. Uh, two years ago, we actually probably had our best one yet, where we um, went and built planter boxes, but one of them actually received a uh, a bot. So it was actually planting the seeds and picking out the weeds and watering, all programmed by the students from their STEM class. So the students wrote the program for the bot, and the, the farm bot was going around and actually planting within this one planter box. And this whole effort is one full day of probably about 100 or more volunteers that are going out there building fences, building planter boxes, painting, and knocking all of this out in one day for a local school that really could use some help. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I'll just add that the Green Assistance Program is a local program to the San Diego Green Building Council. Green Apple Day of Service is a national program through the U.S. Green Building Council. Oh, okay. And so it's a kind of a guidance or a volunteer effort that's coordinated in each municipality. And for here, locally, we've had Balfour Beatty Construction be taking the lead on a number of our projects. But we've had a few other fringe projects working on Green Apple Day of Service. Mm-hmm. So on any given year, you might have two or three different schools that you could volunteer your day for any of the things that Josh talked about. Now, advocacy, a big part also of what you do at uh, the San Diego Green Building Council. And one of the ways that you are doing that now is with the uh, San Diego Living Building Challenge Collaborative. And you just kicked that off, didn't you? We did. Um, So we've actually been doing the San Diego Living Building Challenge Collaborative for a number of years, since 2012. Uh, We have kind of waxing and waning interest because that's an interesting topic. It's currently illegal in San Diego (laughs) or California to build a Living Building Challenge project. So similar to LEED that Josh was talking about before, Living Building Challenge is another rating system focused on sustainability, but to the nth degree. Everything has to be regenerative or have a positive impact. So that's kind of our local collaborative is a guiding light for what we can aspire to for sustainability. We know we have a good amount of interest. We've got a local net zero energy project, and we're looking at a fictitious project of how can we achieve all the other aspects or pedals of the Living Building Challenge. So uh, we've, you know, we've had a little bit less involvement with the Living Building Challenge for the past couple of years, but recently we relaunched our Living Building Challenge collaborative to focus on this kind of combination of education and advocacy and taking that experiential learning from Green Assistance Program and focusing it on water reuse. Right now we're actually working with a local nonprofit called Terry uh, to look at some you know, opportunities for water reuse on their space. I think with the relaunch of the Living Building Collaborative has really allowed us to kind of use that as a platform for some of the advocacy because we would love to see um, a Living Building Challenge certified building here in San Diego with everything that it stands for as far as you mentioned with um, sort of the net positive energy, we're giving that back the net zero water. We're here at the end of the, the pipeline, so we have a lot of issues with water, and we want to make sure that we're, you know, using the right the right source or using right water the, for the right purpose. The right water for the right purpose. And so with that, we are able to kind of leverage some of this work that we've gotten from some grant funding from the San Diego Foundation to look at water reuse on site. And through some of these initial talks, we've gotten connected with a group called Terry, which is up in Oceanside, and it is um, actually an organization that is the center of innovation and social change for children and adults that are touched by special needs. And so they're looking to create a whole new development that creates a sustainable environment and a learning opportunity. They are, have organic agriculture going on, and it provides this sort of um, 
stepping stone for from children to adulthood that they can have this opportunity to learn. And within this, we have an opportunity to bring in some of our subject matter experts like we've done with the Green Assistance Program and bring together another group of volunteers to sort of assess the site to figure out what sort of strategies could be done for reusing water from washing machines, from the sinks, from the showers? Can we take that, treat it, and maybe use it for their agriculture so that they're not having to bring in potable water that could otherwise be used for another source? And so we're taking that to try to create a permitting pathway and a permitting roadmap to go and look and work with local government and different permitting departments to say, hey, these are different options, these are different strategies that can be done, and here's a perfect case study. And so currently we're pursuing some grant funding to actually get some capital funds to um, implement some of these projects with Terry. And and isn't the uh, the San Diego Living Building Challenge Collaborative, isn't that a part of one of your various committees that you have that, that volunteers can join? Yeah, absolutely. We've got a number of committees that have been active for many years, um, one mainly being the residential committee, which has been going strong. Um, they have their own Green Home Store, which is their their flagship, kind of one of our flagship events of the year coming up in October 19th and 20th. It's actually expanding this year. That's an opportunity for residents in the region to show off any sort of sustainability or green building features that they've done in their home, whether it's a new construction or a remodel. And what they're doing is opening the door to local community to come through and tour. And um, over the past couple of years, we've seen it grow from about 200 people per year to 400 to last year we had over 600 people uh, tour about 12 different homes around the region. And so because of that growth, we've actually expanded it to two days to give people the opportunity to go hit all the different homes. We've uh, recently launched a green business committee, which is looking to help some of the local small to medium-sized businesses. We also have our Women in Green, which has been kind of also started from a national effort, but then bringing it here locally. We have a few advocates and uh, people that are really driving that, and that is to really strengthen the message of equality and um, some of the importance of having all voices heard. And so each of those events that we hold on a quarterly basis has seen 40, 50, 60 people at each of those. I think it's nice to see that across these different committees, there's, you know, the experiential learning that we're talking about with Living Building Challenge Collaborative, as well as a number of roundtable events that we're going to host through the rest of the year, because we know that to get to that cutting edge of sustainability or social equity with women in green, a conversation needs to be had. We mm-hmm. need to get our community right. well educated. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that roundtable events for the Living Building Challenge Collaborative with that experiential learning, the Green Homes Tour, it's a different form of experiential learning in the sense that you're walking through and really getting to touch and feel some of the sustainability strategies within the different homes that are showcased. Women in Green getting a good community together to talk about that um, and what aspects of, you know, sustainability and what women leaders we have in our local community and then you know, with each one of these groups, you can see an aspect of sustainability focused on really coming together in this overall education goal of San Diego Green Building Council. Can anybody join these these committees? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we do encourage most people to become a member first. Okay. <laughs> but the committee is so always... Are, you are a member We base. are a member base. But we do encourage anyone to come to a committee event. Those are held usually monthly for most of the committees. But as we've mentioned, some of the committees are putting on events or they're putting on like the, the round tables you were mentioning for the Living Building Collaborative or the Green Homes Tour. And those are open to anyone. Um, we just have various price levels for, for getting in. But um, to be a part of the committee, we do try to encourage folks to be, if they are passionate about green building and sustainability, to join as a member. But it, it provides a great opportunity to come and you know visit some of these other events that they're putting on to learn from our committees as to what they're trying to do. 
And and the Green Home Tours, how often do you do those? That's just annually. So it's only held in October. You're seeing an increase in green building here in San Diego? Yeah, for sure. I, I think with both the, the actual homes that are a part of the tour and then the amount of people that want to go on the tour, we're beginning to learn that a lot of those folks are going to look at these homes because they're interested in a green home or they're interested in maybe renovating their home and wanted to get some sort of perspective or so, learn from you know what someone else has been doing here locally. How can people help you with, with your mission and how can they become a member? What do they need to do? Uh, well, they can visit our website at uh, sd-gbc.org. We have all of our uh, information there as far as how to become a member, but we welcome anyone to you know come join us for an event, join us for a committee. They can swing by our office. We're downtown next to Petco Park. That address is on the website. But I think we can kind of really encourage them to just come and join and kind of begin the conversation around how can we keep advancing sustainability in San Diego. And uh, are you on social media? Yeah, we're on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter. People can also uh, sign up for our newsletter. So we send out a monthly newsletter, which keeps you up to speed on everything that we're doing, plus all of our local partners. And and as far as volunteering, they can get all that information at your website, too, if somebody wants to volunteer. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we have a sign-up sheet for volunteers that will – we're always constantly looking for volunteers for any event that we hold. We can't do it without our volunteers. And so um, our conference, our Green Homes Tour, that's all volunteer-led, and we really lean on the volunteers to help guide that. So we encourage anyone to sign up. And I'll just echo that. I think if you're interested in volunteering at an event, that's an easy way to get into one of our flagship events such as our annual conference, which is coming up in October. If you're interested in any of the committees, you can look at their pages on our website, sd-gbc.org, and there's usually an email address that will forward to each of the volunteer leadership groups for any of those committees. All right, Josh and uh, Robbie, thank you for being on the show today and for all you do to help keep San Diego green through the San Diego Green Building Council. It's appreciated. Thank you, Gary. Thanks for having us. That concludes another edition of Living Better in San Diego. The opinions expressed on Living Better in San Diego do not necessarily reflect the opinions and views of the staff and management of the Entercom San Diego radio stations. Episodes of Living Better in San Diego are available on the station's website. Until next time, I'm Gary Lee. Have a great week. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.